Hello and welcome to Inspire, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece with co-host Samantha Tredelius today. Samantha, how are you? Here I am, girl. Here I am twice in a day, you and me, and I'm into it. I know. we uh, our, our professional worlds collided today, which I loved. And thank you again for uh, being the insurance voice of reason to my mortgage sales team, uh, because it's uh, both industries are a hot mess. And that's a whole nother podcast. That is another podcast, indeed. Um, but today, I'm super excited, first of all, because uh, our guest, Grace Redmond, is definitely one of us. And Grace, I knew you were one of us when I saw that the subtitle of your best-selling book was Dare to Go from Fucked Up to Fabulous. Yes. Um, that you are you are my soul, you are my person. <laughs> Success and transformation coach, both of which I need, host of Real Talk podcast, um, just helping women, uh, helping ambitious women become the more ambitious, ambitious successes they need to be. We all need this. I need this. I'm gonna make this all about me today. So uh first of all grace thank you for being here oh thank you for having me i'm so excited to share the space with both of you today i love the energy by the way i also have the staffing agency so the staffing industry right now is a bit of a hot mess too so oh, yeah don't even get me started on that but you have owned and managed one of the most successful staffing firms here in the bay area for 20 plus years Yes. Um, and then from there, you you then expanded upon that into coaching and, like I said, success and transformational coaching. So let's go back to the staffing agency. Like, how did this all evolve out of this amazingly successful business? So much of staffing is coaching. And since I was 15 years old, I was in, listening to Tony Robbins and Zig Ziglar and so, and, and I was typically the person that all my friends would come to for advice. So that carried into the staffing, you know, business with my clients and candidates and employees. And seven years ago, it was just a natural progression. That was the piece of staffing I loved the most was coaching. And so seven years ago, I got certified and I started a coaching side of the business. So although I got certified seven years ago, I've really been coaching for close to 30 years. And it's just a passion of mine. So I thought, why not open a coaching side of the business? Because I'm so passionate about helping others and helping women. And they needed something creative. I was getting bored and felt stagnant after so many years just doing the staffing. And so this has opened up a whole other life for me. And I love it. I love it. Well, I think you bring so many skills to the table because you've seen so many different transitions of life and people. What was the field of staffing that you were focused on or was it all over the place or specific? Well, so the core competencies were administrative staffing, which would be anything from the front, front desk to the executive assistant, human resources. I've also placed a pharmacist before, a doctor from the Philippines. I placed her in a role. So so many different things. However, the core was administrative staffing. So you're getting to see people kind of coming into their careers or maybe, you know, career administrators, because that's, you know, there are a lot of people that like to do that work. Um, it yeah. is generally the most, the most important I've seen. And, and it's like the nucleus that kind of keeps the office running many times. It's absolutely the nucleus that keeps the office running. So I brought recent college grads into the workforce and now they are in executive level positions. I've helped transition. I'm getting emotional because this is a big one. I've helped transition 
both mothers and fathers back into the workforce when other agencies would not look at them. Like I could read between the lines. They had the personality, the skills, and I would transition them back into the workforce. That's a tough one because those, and I'm going to speak to the mothers first right now, the the moms who took time off to raise kids, get, get them back in school. And you're looking at five plus years if it's, you know, more than one kid. And these are very well-educated, successful, ambitious women who were a significant part of the workforce. And I do feel like they get ignored because they go, well, what have you done in the last seven years? And you're like, I um, birthed a human and then raised it to be a good person (laughs) and then got that human into school. Like what, what the fuck have you been doing? Right. And I, because I was a mother, you know, I have two kids and I started the business 25 years ago. So I was raising my family in the thick of the business. So I knew what it took to be a mom and work. And I also knew these women had incredible careers prior. And they're, like you said, they're raising the kids and most of them were volunteering in the school. That takes a lot of effort and a lot of energy. So again, like I saw between the lines and I was, 99% of the time, the women and men, there was a few men as well that I placed in temporary positions. They got hired and they were amazing. Thank God someone at least took a shot, say, okay, we'll bring them on temp. Let's see how they do. Yes. And that- One of the things you talk about with some of your, the coaching specifically is that you work with uh, mostly women, I believe, uh, specifically to increase- prosperity mindset. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about this. Yes. How, what, what, uh, what mindset are they coming in with and how is that messing us up? And what, mm-hmm. do, what do we need to do to get that on track? Cause I feel like so much of this success in the world is mental. And I feel like as women, we sell ourselves short so often, yes. um, you know, asking for a friend, but how do we, how do we, what, what is that shift that we need to be making around that? So you're right. We do sell ourselves short so often because of our belief system, the stories that we created around money when we were young kids, because 95% of the way we live our life is based on our unconscious beliefs, right? We only live 5% unconscious beliefs. So from the time we're born to the time we're seven, we get, imprint all these beliefs, especially around money, and then we carry them with us. And so typically the beliefs around money are around lack. You know, money doesn't go grow on trees. Money is evil. You've got to, you know, kill yourself to make money. If, you know, money, for me, it was, I had to, you know, kill myself to make money, like always be working. And if I wasn't working, then I wasn't making money. Always be closing. Remember that from- um, That's right, ABC. ABC. <laughs> and that- is an exhausting way to live and it's false. It's not true. I believe 90% is mindset and 10% is the action. And so I had a really hard for myself to shift the mindset from, I have to work really hard to, okay, money's energy and 90% of it is my mindset. And what are my beliefs around money? And that's how I help my clients start where, okay, what are the beliefs about money? Go back to what were your parents' beliefs about money? Okay, now it's time to shift the story, to create a new narrative. I think so many people have a bad relationship with money and don't even realize it. That's right. Literally have never considered that there even is a relationship with money. It just 
that's that's what they know. That's how they were raised. That's what's in their head. They don't even think about the fact that that is something that you can shift and change. I talk about that a lot. We also talk about women's relationship with money and how they choose to like either, you know, be afraid of it, not deal with it, all those different things. So one of the things I love most about you, Grace, I love many things, um, but I was reviewing your book here that you sent me and I just love it. It's called, Can I Live? And chapter eight says, you want what you want, then show your ass out and let it go. And I want to talk really about, you know, being, labeling yourself as a success coach. I mean, that's that's such an incredible title to have because to, to help others get to a space where they want to be, I mean, that is a pretty big tall order, but also a really rewarding order when you get to the end result. And one of the um, testimonials that you had on your website was that somebody was saying, thank you for allowing me to to show up in my own skin in the best way possible. So these tips of the trade that you've got, I mean, chapter eight here really has a big, bold statement about like, you really do need to chill it out. Right. And, and where did you, you know, where did that come from to be able to put these ideas to pen, to paper, to now book? my life experience. And when I, it was recommended to write a book once I got certified as a coach that really, I, I, writing a book was never one of my aspirations, but they said, you know, to be credible as a coach, write a book. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not a writer. What am I going to write about? (laughs) And then I'm like, well, I've gone on this journey and I've done all these things and no one, none of us are fucked up. You know, I just, it's, it's, we're all imperfectly flawed and exactly where we need to be. But as you know, where I was when I was in my twenties to where I am today is completely different, but I used a lot of tools and I studied and I followed the success coaches, Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Napoleon Hill. And I followed those strategies to get where I was. It's like, it's, I didn't reinvent the wheel. And so I said, well, what am I going to do? I said, okay, what were the things that helped me to get where I am? And that's how I broke the book down to the different concepts and tools that, that helped me. And everything in the book is based on my experience. If I didn't experience it, I'm not going to write about it. Yeah. And I think it's really connective because you read it and you go, yep, I get this, or I've been that, or I've heard of this. Um, And I love when you've got a person like yourself that has done so much and and is able to really like walk the walk and talk the talk, because it's really easy to say I'm a coach. You hear all the time, like I'm a coach and you're like, what are you, what are you coaching or what credentials do you have or what experience do you have? And so to be able to like kind of put your whole, you know, story to life with the staffing and the motherhood and the life experience, and then now a book and what you're doing, it's pretty badass. So Yay, Grace. None of us are perfect. Like I'm still, you know, we all, there's always challenges. And I was talking to my girlfriend this morning. I said, you know, my challenges right now are first world and it's okay because they're going to help, you know, myself and my family and my business expand and grow. So no one's perfect. I mean, I fuck up all the time and I get in my ego and I'm aware and I step back and I say, okay, like, what is this about? Where's the trigger? Where's the growth? Where am I being petty? <laughs> I, I actually, I work with a guy. One of his favorite sayings is your ego is not your amigo. And that has yes. that just gets stuck in my head. But I do think like a book like that is extremely helpful. And whether it's yours or Tony Robbins, or you listen to Zig Ziglar, whatever it is, there's so many good practices to put to work. 
but I think most of us, and I've read a lot of these and, and, you know, seen the speeches and whatever, but that where I think we're challenged is actually putting them to work. And I think having someone like you, um, having, having a coach, not from an accountability partner perspective, but really helping you take the lessons that are applicable and putting them into your life to see an impact. That's the piece I think that some, they don't take that, they don't cross that bridge. They don't take that leap. They read the book and go, that is amazing. And then nothing changes. That's right. I mean, that is the biggest, you know, piece. And I get frustrated with the people in my life that I love that have so much talent and potential, yet they're not committed or consistent to the action they take. And it does, it takes commitment and it takes consistency and it takes action for sure. One thousand. Why don't we take, why are we not taking action? Are we, are we, uh, are we too afraid of of ourselves? We're too busy. I mean, how are you, how are we, I don't know. Like, are we too busy or are we just like, I could never do that. I I don't want to make a fool of myself. I, I don't know how, like what, what, what the fuck is holding us back? Well, it's a little bit of all of it. However, the busyness is is a cons- or is a symptom of fear. I'm not good enough. What if I fail? Who who am I to think that I can do this? And so when we don't follow through on commitments to ourselves, the underlier is we don't feel worthy enough, we don't feel deserving enough. Which is terrible. But that but that messes with our psyche then. It totally does. It's a mind. And we're manifesting shit that we don't want. Right. It's a mind fuck. So I always say, because we are all manifesting no matter what. So if you're fucking manifesting, why not make it intentional? Why not put a tiny bit of action to it to manifest what you really want? Because we're all manifesting. Well, and I think too, just going back to the part where you screw up or you, you have that major just like roadblock or you're just like, eh. And for so many of us, you know, it's really easy to just turn around and not get involved or walk the other way or just stop in our tracks and not continue on. Because if it was easy, we say it all the time, like everyone would be doing it. So this work is hard and work on ourselves. is just like we had a conversation yesterday with a nutritionist about our health and our weight and our, you know, the way we feel that shit's hard too. Like all this shit is hard. It's hard. Like I'm going to, it's hard. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, oh, it's been you know, sunshine and roses. No, like there's mornings I get up at four or five o'clock in the morning because I need, there's things I need to commit to you to get done. I need to eat healthy. I need to exercise. Well, I choose to eat healthy. I choose to, I choose to do all these things for my future self because I know what the consequences are if I don't, but it also took a lot of work. I had to start at the mess right? Unravel the mess, my low self-esteem, my low confidence, my beliefs that I'm not good enough. Like I have to work hard. I have to earn to, you know, deserve to earn to get here. And then when you're here, you don't just get to sit on the couch. Come on, Grace, why not? Damn. Fuck. So you, you mentioned your future self, like uh, why is being connected to our future self today so important? How do we know, first of all, how do we know who our future self is? You, well, that's where the work comes. What, having a vision. And I believe definitely let's stay present in the now. We can be in our future self in the present and in the now. And what I mean is 
if I'm not, you, you talked about nutrition, if I'm not eating healthy, if I'm not moving my body, if I'm not, you know, deepening the relationship with myself and source and my, you know, people I love, where am I going to be in five years? It gets worse. It doesn't get better. Mm -hmm. If I have a vision of what, okay, who do I want to be in five years? And I just start living like that person. Now I was telling my colleague and she's also a coach and a friend. I go, girl, I feel like a fraud. <laughs> Why? I go, cause I'm living like it's already happened. And she's all, but that's not being a fraud. That's being in the energy of what can be because our mind doesn't know the energy, the difference between real, you know, now and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But I, I wonder, I, I'm interested in knowing, and you might not know the answers. How many people are in a space where they feel like they are doing the right, conquering the right, where the rest of them are in this, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. Like, what's the, what's the break of, of like, where is it? What's the percentages here? You know what? That's a great question. I mean, we all have that core theme story, which is I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not safe. So when I was reading Napoleon Hill books, I mean, his books are were written in the 1920s. The percentage was 98% to 2%. I feel that it's, you know, shifted, but I still feel like it's somewhere in the 90s, but it's definitely shifted. I feel like the aware, the collective, the awareness is, um, we're raising the awareness of the collective. So, so I believe it's definitely, you know, better than it was in the past. But as you know, I think it's still, you know, the, the, the difference is pretty high. I would say in the nineties still. Which is terrifying because you would hope that we're, you know, on a better path. Um, I feel like that's not very much progress. I mean, I don't mean to be a downer, but in a hundred years, we couldn't, we couldn't get a little better. I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely believe we're getting better for sure. I do believe the collective is, is changing. We're becoming more aware. This is deep rooted shit. I mean, this is gener generational shit and it's scary and it's hard and it's not easy. And a lot of uh, people, you know, when you think about get coaching, get therapy, there's stigma, stigma around it. And so we really need to work on shifting that narrative as well. I feel like people will go out and spend money on like stupid fucking high-priced wine and shit and at like a $300 round of golf, but they can't, then they go coaching and they're like, mm, it's too expensive. Like, are you, are you kidding me? Exactly. Well, cause it's scary. Then you have to unpack your demons. You yeah, have to, then you actually have to put in work. Yeah. You, you know, you face your insecurities. It's, it's, it's some, and then there's, it can be a lot of shame around that as well. And, you know, there's different levels of trauma. It's, it's a scary thing. And a lot of us, like I said, we live 95% unconscious. So a lot of us don't even think there's anything blocking us. Which is crazy, which is crazy. And I do think that women are the last ones to invest in themselves too. You know, sure. I I know so many small business owners that could so benefit from, you know, taking a seminar for the weekend or just, you know, like little things. And it doesn't have to be some crazy commitment, but that $900 or $1,000 price tag, they're like, oh no, no, I could never. But right. the moment that you do, and it's not just about the money, you know, it's the time, it's the effort. I think the moment that you, you accept that you've got to spend a little bit of time on yourself in different ways and learn new, you got to learn new stuff. 
Absolutely. And you know what I've learned on this journey is the amount of money we bring into our life is based on our self-worth and how much we invest in ourselves. Like you said, someone will go out and spend $300 on, you know, a round of golf, but then be afraid to spend $300 on a session of coaching. Which is so dumb. Right. Because I just, uh, I just signed up for a work, uh, a work event thing in February, like a kickoff and, and funny, you brought up that price because it was $895 and I didn't want to spend that money, but I did. And so I've invested myself. So now I'm sure, sure, sure. I'm going to get it back, but I'll tell you, I'm going to take a little bit of a right turn here because I do like, I walk in a room like that and it's full of industry people and a lot of very successful industry people. And I want to be, I want to be in the room, right? Like I want to be one of those people in the room. You talk about the most empowered person in the room is the person who takes nothing personal. How, what does that mean? Oh, how can I use that to my advantage when I walk in that room? Oh, yes. That was the most. I wish I that feels big to me. It's huge. I wish I learned that sooner in life. So when I went back uh, to get certified, I got NLP certified and they were amazing. Tim and Chris Halbum, Robert Harrison, and Robert Diltz was actually one of Tony Robbins' coaches. What is NLP certified? Sorry. Neuro-linguistic programming. And, got it, got it, got it. Yes. And I went to a session with one of my instructors, the hypnosis session, actually. And I was talking about a problem I was having. And he was like, you can't take anything personal. Don't you know the most empowered person in the room is a person that takes nothing personal? And I'm like, what? What do you mean? So it's not about you. I'm like, what? He's all, get curious, flip it. What could be going on with the other person? I'm like, what? And so then when I look at concept, and I teach the concept, it's the been the most empowering thing I could ever have learned in my entire lifetime. I think that's a tough one now. It's been tough, but now I'm aware when I get triggered and I take it personal, I do. I step back and I get curious, like what's going on with the person? You know what? They're not in a good place. They're feeling insecure. I know they're going through a lot. It's not about me. It's, you know, I triggered them and then they kind of hit, got, gave it back to me. And when you know who you are and you're solid in your worth and in your self-esteem and your confidence, you take less and less personal. But it's hard to like not take it personally because you, we as human beings feel like, you know, when somebody says something shitty or has a, has a look or, you know, whatever you're, you're automatically taking it personally. And one of the best lessons I was ever told was like, when it comes to business too, like, this isn't about me, you know? So just like what you're saying is like, take you out of the equation and take the emotion out of the moment, which is so hard because we're these crazy electric beings that, that, you know, we, we sense things and we react to things. Um, so I think that statement is it's, it's a tough one to like put in your mouth and swallow, but, but yeah, it's, it's incredible. And I play it as a game. And so some of my, you know, my clients have lately been saying, well, you know what? It seems like you played life like a game. I said, exactly. It's a game against yourself. And it is, I mean, I still get triggered. I take things personal and then I step back and I'm like, okay, do I want to give my power away? Where do I need more healing? Where am I feeling insecure? Where do I feel like I'm not good enough? At what place 
do people finally realize like that they need a little helping hand with these different tools? Like, does it take a trauma or like some major event or, I mean, are more people, you know, going and getting their annual physical when it comes to their emotional stability? Like what's, what's the rhyme or reason here? That's a great question. Sometimes people get hit by cosmic two by four and, you know, they have that awareness and they're ready to make a change. And unfortunately, most of the time they don't make, you know, people don't take those steps. And that's been the hardest thing for me to witness in my life. Again, going back to people I love, they have the resources to make these changes in their life, yet they choose not to. And I mean, again, it goes back to neuroscience. You know, we're wired to focus on the negative to protect ourselves, but we're not being chased by wild animals anymore. Joe Dispenza is great. I would recommend Joe Dispenza, anyone who's listening. He talks about how we can rewire the neural pathways in our mind from the negativity to flip it to the positivity. And it's it's powerful and it's possible. I kind of feel like the wild animals of, of our lives now are just the rat race and these, you know, responsibilities and commitments and all this stuff that we are doing. And a lot of it is falling on us women. And, you know, you, you look at that COVID you know, timeout that we had where all of us were like, fuck, we're doing all this stuff we don't want to be doing. I'm not, I'm never going to go back and be her. Guess who's back to being her? We all are. I am back to being her. I need to be transparent. And I, this week I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You're back in that rat fucking race step. And so I'm aware and I'm like, okay, how to cancel, you know, a few things on the calendar because it's very easy to fall back into our patterns and habits. It, this is not, you know, let me show up one day, do, you know, read a book and get one coaching. This is a, this is a lifestyle. It has to be a lifestyle to make those. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like people putting in the work. It, it That's, yeah. that's the step that they miss. Um, how can clients work with you on either, you know, through staffing or through coaching or like what different ways are you working with custom with clients? I assume it's not just Bay area based anymore because we're all, we're all global now. With yes. Zoom. So definitely they can work with me one-on-one -on -one via zoom or in person if they are in the local area. And in the new year, I am working on putting together a mastermind, which would be women business owners to come together in this mastermind twice a month. And then we'd also get, they'd also get coaching twice a month with me or one of my colleagues. So that's something to look forward to in the new year. And right now I am doing one-on-one -on -one sessions and they can find me at www.daretoachieve.com. And if you are local, so the staffing is only local and I have a team that supports me for that. And they can find us at www.stansburystaffing.com and we'd be happy to support um, anything they need. Or if you have questions, reach out. We're happy to answer any questions or help lead you in the right direction, either for staffing or coaching. And we didn't forget, we forgot to mention how we got to know you is via your podcast. Yes. 
Talk, talk to us a little bit about your show quickly. What's it called? What Who are you talking to? So Real Talk with Grace Redmond was born during the pandemic because I really missed connecting with my you know staff, employees, people in my community. And then I saw so many incredible people in my community and circle doing such great things. I wanted to celebrate them. So I wanted to celebrate others and connect. And Real Talk with Grace Redmond was born. And it's been so fun. My brother's like, you know, how much money you make off that? Like, I don't make any money. He's like, why are you doing it? I said, because I love it. It's fun. And I meet amazing people. And I love celebrating others and connecting. That's how it was born. And it's good. You're good. You're amazing. And you're showing us all that we can dare to go from fucked up to fabulous. Because guess what? We are all fabulous in our own special ways. That's right. We thank you for your time today. You're definitely an inspirational woman that is one to follow and one to pay attention to. Uh, We hope that everybody else gets out there this week and is inspired.